Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, in person, I'm joined with my co-host, Jack Van Water. First in-person episode we've recorded since the summer. Super happy to be here. We're talking a little Cavs today. We haven't talked Cavs since July before the draft, where we both predicted that we would take rookie Evan Mobley, mm-hmm. which was a dub. But we're going to give you a total total recap on the season. Some of it's going to be old news. Some of it's going to be new. And without further ado, we're going to try to keep this episode short for y'all. We're going to talk about Colin Sexton, who tours MCL in the next game, I think six games into the season. He was in a contract year. Obviously, we knew what he brought to the team in scoring. So what's next for Colin Sexton? For a player, it's the worst thing that could happen to them, Jack, to hurt themselves, a season-ending injury. And I love Sexton. The Cavs could definitely use his scoring. I think the next step for them is possibly either working out a contract for him or working out a sign-and-trade that he would accept. Ultimately, do you think the Cavs should bring him back in some form, though? Like, they're, they're not just going to let him walk. Yes, 100%. Okay. I think they should bring him back without a doubt. He is a great natural scorer, and I would love to see how he would fit into this new, young-looking, scrappy, hard-working team. And you see, like, now with the Rubio injury, like how we desperately need point guard play. So you can never have too many guards. Moving on, we're going to talk about Evan Mobley. This yeah. dude's balling. He's got some Rookie of the Year consideration. Yeah, I, I mean, this was a beautiful pick by Kobe Altman. One thing I did want to say in this episode is that Jack and I owe Kobe Altman a huge apology. So if Kobe Altman ever listened to this, we are sorry. You've knocked it out of the park, Kobe Altman, with picks like Garland, Sex, and Mobley, but especially this Mobley pick because now if you look back at it, Mobley easily could have had an argument to go first overall in this draft, Jack. He has a beautiful game rebound and shooting and it's only going to get better as his career goes on right now Evan Mobley as a rookie is averaging 14.8 points 8.2 rebounds 2.5 assists and 1.8 blocks which is a lot of blocks not only did he knock the Mobley pick out of the park too but he also really believed in Jared Allen who at the time like last year when we moved on from Drummond I thought we were stupid because it was like we are putting way too much faith that this guy is going to be the guy that we're building around, and he's done nothing but prove us wrong. Kobe Altman done a great job, and like you said, Mobley should have been number one overall pick. That dude is drawing some crazy comps. Everyone's saying, like, he's the next Dr. J, George Gervin. It's a little early to say that, but the dude's a baller. Yeah, I mean, and just real quick, we don't even have it written down, but Jarrett Allen is shooting 70% from the field, is absolutely balling out, has 10 rebounds a game. He's first in the Eastern Conference with centers with scoring. So, I mean, Kobe Altman, good job. But there's credit where credit's due. And moving on to our next point, the man who's gelled all of this together, Jack, J.B. Bickerstaff. Right, and what I think is funny is that both J.B. Bickerstaff and Kobe Altman came in as interims. Like, these guys weren't necessarily pegged as the future of our franchise. And they've done so well that here we are. And... J.B. Bickerstaff just got a extension, contract extension through the 2026-2027 season, which, if he finishes it out, would make him the longest tenured head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers since Bill Fitch in 1970. You mean David Blatt didn't make it that far, Jack? <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyways, with J.B. Bickerstaff, it's crazy because, I mean, the Cavs brought him back after he went like 4-4, four and four with the Cavs, which is hilarious to think about because now with this team's going, like that's not a good record. But 
the Cavs respectively had like 19 wins in the past two years and then 21 the year before that, and they've already surpassed that this year. So what he's done is actually incredible, and it has vaulted him into the Coach of the Year talk, Jack. So could J.B. Bickerstaff possibly be the Coach of the Year? He could possibly be Coach of the Year. However, the Cavs need to really get some luck on their side. They have not had a break yet. Speaking of not having breaks, that it, it kind of helps transition. It, you know, Ricky Rubio just got lost for the year. And, and we've seen since Ricky Rubio, and I know this is kind of a flawed stat because there's more that goes, goes into it, but the Cavs are 1-4 since losing Rubio. If the Cavs are not a top-four team in the East, Bickerstaff has no chance at Coach of the Year because it's all about wins. But he clearly is impressed and is deserving of the contract at this point in time. Moving on to the Ricky Rubio news. If you didn't hear, Ricky Rubio, the point guard, tours ACL and is a huge loss for the Cavs because already losing Sexton and now Rubio, we are really thin. Yeah, so Jamie Bickerstaff loves to play two point guards, especially at the end of the game. And we saw the Cavs struggle. Jack and I were at the game this past Tuesday where the Cavs had a late game loss to Memphis and they had Brandon Goodwin sharing the court with Darius Garland at the end of the game. And nothing against Brandon Goodwin, but he's a point guard on a 10-day contract with the Cavs. So it just shows you the limits that J.B. Bickerstaff is willing to go to to have two point guards on the court at the end of the game. He's willing to put a guy who's only played three games with the Cavs out there. So this is a huge loss for the Cavs, Jack. We'll see how kind of rebounds and the bigger implications it has on the season, but... I mean, Rubio was doing great for the Cavs, and I have some stats here to read for you guys. So, net rating. Jack, I'm going to let you explain what net rating is real quick for everyone. So, net rating is simply the number of points per 100 possessions that they score, which is called the offensive rating, minus the number of points per possessions that opponents score, called the defensive rating. In total, the offensive rating minus the defensive rating. So, Ricky Rubio had a net rating of 2.23, positive 2.23. Mm-hmm. Darius Garland had a net rating of 5.73. But like we said, J.B. Bickerstaff likes to play two guards at the end of the game. And when those two were on the court together, Jack, they had a whopping, which ranked fifth in the, <laughs> in the NBA, whopping net rating of plus 15.69. Now, if you take both of them off the court, they had a net rating of negative 15.02. So you can see just how valuable those two were to the Cavs together in a lineup. Yeah, and Ricky, I think the most valuable part is the rookie Rubio was averaging six and a half assists. Like you could so clearly see how better everyone else played when Rubio was on the court. So that's it's not necessarily the fact that his scoring, his 13 points that he added in scoring is gone, but it's also the fact that a great facilitator is gone, and he was really helping improve the rest of the team. So the Cavs, for as great of a year they've had, they've kind of had some bad stretches and then obviously some really good stretches. And I'm going to go through here and explain kind of just what's happened and give a tiny recap on the season. So the Cavs started at 9-5, and five, but then they lost five straight games to go to 9-10. and 10. And at that point I was like, oh, dang, like maybe we weren't good. But they were. Hold on. In those games, we were missing Kevin Love, Laurie Markkinen, and Jarrett Allen for a couple games. Both Laurie and Kevin Love had COVID. So Laurie's a starter. Kevin Love, as we've seen, has become a huge bench piece for the Cavs. So 
a five-game losing streak. You can see how it happens. Then the Cavs get those guys back. The band's back together, Jack. They go 10-2 and two in their next 12. Hottest team in the NBA besides the Suns and the Warriors. Absolutely eating it up, surprising everyone. Then COVID hits again. This was just this past winter, right before Christmas, and this was the worst. They postponed their game versus Atlanta because the Cavs didn't even have eight players to play. Their first game after this, they had no Evan Mobley, no Jarrett Allen, no Isaac Okoro, so that's three of your five starters right there. No Chetty Osman, no Lamar Stevens, no Dylan Windler, and no Ed Davis. So you're basically missing half of your bigs, more than half of your bigs, half of your small forwards. All you're left with is Rubio and Garland at point. But wait, they're going to be gone at some point too, right, Jack? So after that, you go 2-6 and six in your next eight. You lose Garland to COVID eventually. He finally came back. You lose Rubio to an ACL injury, which we just explained how massive that was for the Cavs. And now you lost Isaac Okoro to an elbow injury, which will hold him out for two to three weeks. And that takes us to present day, today. Here we are in 2022. Cavs still two and six in their last eight. Now they're kicking off a tough, tough West Coast trip. Can they bounce back from all of this, Jack, from this bad stretch? No, because it's not a bad stretch in terms of, they're oh, they're in a slump, they're not shooting well. It's a bad stretch in terms of, like you said, they're missing some of their best players. That Isaac Okoro injury can't be understated because what Isaac Okoro maybe lacks offensively, he completely makes up for defensively, shutting down every team's best scorer on the other, on the other side. You know, obviously we mentioned the impact that Garland and Rubio have. Don't even get me started when Mobley or Allen is on the, on the court. So it, it's very clear, based on what you just said, that there's correlation between when we don't have our guys and when we do have our guys, that we are a very good team when we're healthy, and we're obviously not a very good team when we're not. So can they bounce back? No, because you don't. I mean, unless unless Rubio magically comes back, no. I got to disagree. I think, obviously, the Cavs aren't going to be the same team. They're not going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, we re- we reached th- the third seed at one point. That was incredible, especially with what we thought we were coming in with this season. Do I still think the Cavs make the playoffs? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going to make the playoffs. This team has it in them. And we're going to talk about him in a bit. But the Cavs brought in Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo, however you want to say it. Obviously, he's not Ricky Rubio. But I told you off the mic, if he can produce half of what Rubio did, I think the Cavs will be fine. And I think this West Coast trip will go fine because now you guys, you got all your guys back, basically. You got Garland. Obviously, you don't have a Coro, but then you have your whole front court. I think the Cavs will be able to pull off wins, stay above 500, and eventually make the playoffs. But talking about someone that has helped keep this team afloat, Jack, is a favorite of ours and someone we also probably owe an apology to, though. Shh, I don't, I don't really <laughs> want to give one. Is our boy Kevin Love? So Kevin Love has changed his role coming off the bench now versus in years past, where he's been a starter and really been looked at as like kind of a leader for this team. He took a step back and came off the bench, and I think it's cl- clear to say that that has been one of the best moves, both for him and the Cavs, as he is completely reinvigorated his game he's averaging 14.7 points 7.6 boards two assists 
and is shooting 42.9% from three-point range, averaging 21.4 points and 8.7 rebounds in his last 10 games. Kevin Love has been electric off the bench and has really given the Cavs a boost when they need him. Yeah, Kevin Love has been on fire. But, Jack, just keeping it in simplest terms, Kevin Love the past couple of seasons obviously wasn't bought in. He was hurt. He was angry. He's accepted the bench role. He's gotten a good attitude. And most importantly, taking it way back to what we started with at the beginning of the episode, he's bought into the culture. He's bought into J.B. Bickerstaff's culture, which is obviously working. <laughs> and look at what he's doing. He looks great, especially in those last 10 games, like you said, averaging 21 points. And that's off the bench. I mean, he's been straight up balling, and it's really good to see, especially because we're still paying him $30 million a year. <laughs> right. And that contract has made it a little bit easier to swallow now that he's actually providing some real value to the team. But... Even despite his great play, he still won't be an all-star. Speaking of all-stars, though, I want to use this as a transition into some of our guys that might make the all-star game that's going to be here in Cleveland, Darius Garland and Jared Allen. The first wave of all-star voting for 2022 has come in. Jared Allen is sixth among the front court in standings, and Darius Garland is ninth among guards. Both of these guys absolutely deserve to make the All-Star game, in my opinion. Jared Allen, potentially even a starter. You know, statistically, it says that, I, again, All-Star is kind of a popularity contest. But Oh, for sure it is. But absolutely, I mean, these two guys are, are players that should absolutely get consideration and should be on the court in Cleveland. I, I definitely agree. I think both of them should 100% make the All-Star game, especially if they're keeping up with the pace that they're on. Like we said, Jared Allen's shooting 70% from the field. That's second in the NBA behind Rudy Gobert. So I don't know how that man would not be on the All-Star team, Jack. I mean, I love this whole Fro-Hio, Big J sort of stuff. But yeah, like you said, he finished sixth among front court players with 168,000 votes. Well, Darius Garland is ninth among guards with 119,000 votes. So Cavs fans have to go out and vote for these two because I would love to see them on the court in Cleveland in February. Interestingly enough, and I'll mention this real quick, Darius is ninth among guards. However, (laughs) two players that are ahead of him currently are Kyrie Irving, who has not played a game, and Derrick Rose, who, look, he's the people's champion. I want to see Derrick Rose in the All-Star game. But statistically, the guy should not be ahead of Garland in any way. 12 points a game is not going to get you right. into the All-Star game. So Darius is really kind of more seventh among guards. And, you know, that should put him in a safe number of votes to, to make the game. We are currently sitting at 21-17. and 17. We're sixth in the East. John, you said earlier that you think we make the playoffs. What do the Cavs briefly need to do the rest of the way to ensure that they get a spot? Yeah, so just, let's just look forward with this, with the rest of our episode here. So you said we're at 21-17. and 17. That's six in the East. What are we going to do to keep moving forward? The Cavs just have to keep up with that culture of playing scrappy, playing hard. They have to keep feeding their bigs in the paint, throwing lobs to Big J and Evan Mobley, rebounding the ball, and just out-hustling other teams. And, you know, once you go and get a Coro back, it's going to help. You have your three bigs back. That's awesome. So the Cavs just got to keep up with the same identity that they started out with this year. 
and I think they'll be fine. Obviously, you're missing Rivia, you're missing Sexton. That's not going to change. But if you keep up that identity, the Cavs have proven that they can beat some of the best teams in the NBA. They can compete with the best teams in the NBA. And I, I think that will happen. And a big yeah. possible contributor to that, like we mentioned earlier, was Rajon Rondo. The Cavs, I mean, Kobe Altman was literally traded for him a day after Rubio got hurt, which is crazy to think about. And, you know, he hasn't done anything special this year for the Lakers team because he was just kind of stashed on the bench. But last year he registered, which is not eye-popping stats, but if you think about it in a statistical way and in a way that could help the Cavs as a backup point guard, it's good. Last year he averaged 7.6 points, 5.8 assists, 3.1 3.1 rebounds while shooting 48.6% from the field and 43.2% from three. So if Rajon Rondo can get anywhere close to that, I think the Cavs will be just fine. And I'm not even looking at the stats specifically. You mentioned something about their identity being a scrappy basketball team. What is Rajon Rondo? He's a scrappy basketball player. That's what he's made his career around. Plays defense. Plays defense tries hard, brings the intensity, and you knew, like you mentioned, Kobe Altman immediately went and pinpointed Rajon Rondo as the guy he wanted. Why? Because he knows that he's going to be a good fit here. And I think that he will be a good fit. And if the Cavs want to rebound, you know, back to the main point of how do we finish in the playoffs, if the Cavs want to rebound and make the playoffs... He has to contribute. He's going to be a, huge, a because, huge part. A huge part. Like you said, we went to that Memphis game. Brandon Goodwin, without saying he lost us the game, he kind of lost us the game. I feel like it would almost have been a lock had Ricky Rubio been playing. We don't lose that game. He literally turns the ball over. One of the most rookie turnovers you can make with down two points with like 20 seconds left. Rajon Rondo, if he's in that position, doesn't make that mistake. He's played this league long enough. Rajon Rondo, I think, has to step up and we'll step up for the Cavs if we want to make the playoffs. Wrapping it up. Yeah. All-Star game in Cleveland coming in February. We talked about it. The boy, the king, LeBron James is coming back to town most definitely for the All-Star game. He will be here. I'm excited to see the reception from the crowd for LeBron. I know last year he had a little beef with a sideline worker for the Cavs, and ultimately stuck it down our throats at the end of the game and put up like 40 just because some guy was trash-talking him. But, you know, if Darius Garland and Jarrett Allen ended up on the same All-Star team as LeBron, then I wouldn't mind someone trash-talking him and LeBron putting up like 50 in the All-Star game. I mean, these guys don't play any defense and they score like 170 points in the All-Star game. So if you go, if you watch, it's going to be an absolutely ridiculous game in terms of just scoring and not playing any defense. It's not an actual basketball game. But it's going to be cool to see all the stars here. You know, the dunk contest, the skull thing. Shaq will be here. Everyone loves Shaq. So I'm really excited for this, Jack. It's hopefully just going to kind of boost up the Cavs' image too. Hopefully the NBA can show what the Cavs have done. I mean, man, we were just so bad, and now the Cavs are good again. So and I'm re- I still the, yeah. the interesting thing is I still – I think people are sleeping on what the Cavs are doing this year. I've seen so many people talking about, you know, this, these all-star voting returns have come in, and Jared Allen is still not getting the respect he deserves. I'm not going to go on about this, but 
th- like you said, this could actually give the Cavs a little bit more legitimacy. Variety. Yeah, as one of the real like good teams, and they have a really bright future. I hope people can see that and understand that. If anyone that's listening to this hasn't been paying attention, I would definitely highly recommend to go check out a Cavs game, watch the Cavs, because we got a really bright future ahead of us. We just got to stay healthy. And without further ado, that wraps up our episode talking about the Cavs. I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, it was one on the short end. But again, thank you all for listening. And just say hi to our friends. Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Big Bad Beats on YouTube. We will have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time. Whoa!